Aloha, I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. Welcome to The Body Show. Each week we talk about health and fitness, but none of what we discuss replaces a visit to your own primary care provider. Diabetes is on the rise, and many people don't even know if they have it. Today we're going to talk about what you can do if you hear those words from your doctor or your provider that you have diabetes and what are the next steps to help you stay as healthy as possible and really help to reverse some of the concerning changes that can happen if you have problems with diabetes and you don't take care of it. Here in the studio, we have Dr. Kevin Lum. He is the director at Ikahi Health Center and part of the Well Care program. And Blair Grant, she's the clinical manager and lead of clinical care. We're going to talk today about a new diabetes treatment program that they have, which is for those folks, if you hear that word, you have diabetes, and you want to know what to do next and what sorts of foods and exercise and all those sorts of great questions that have huge impact in the rest of your health care, This is the team you want to meet. So thank you both for joining me today. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Now, Ikahi is also known for the Ornish program. That's another program that you guys have run for a couple of years now. Is that right? Coming up on three years now. About three years. So some folks that have a diagnosis of heart disease or have some risk factors may be familiar with your center because of that program. And this is something new that you're adding to really help address one of the biggest problems we have in the United States, but also in the islands, which is diabetes. So what is the diabetes treatment program? Uh, so our diabetic treatment program is called Aikahi Wellcare. Uh, it's going to be a program which is going to be – we're trying to be innovative in what we're doing with diabetes care. So what we're incorporating is some technology and also trying to make it longitudinal, which is very different from their traditional diabetic education programs, which are a set schedule. Uh, some of the things we're going to be doing with the innovative part with the technology is using uh, a Bluetooth fob connected to your uh, glucometer, which will actually give us real-time uh, glucose uh, reading, which most people don't have. Traditionally, what normally happens is that you take your glucose monitor, you write it in your log, and you go back to your doctor three months later, and your physician, unfortunately, has to go through all those numbers to try to figure out what's been going on with your sugars. What we're going to use this Bluetooth fob is actually have, and we're partnering with a company called Vivante. Uh, from the mainland, from Houston, which provides sort of 24-7 uh, care management of the of this glucose monitoring. So as you do your glucose monitoring, you check, you, you put it into our app, and it goes into the, the cloud. And by lo and behold, we can monitor you basically real time to see how your sugars are doing. So that's one feature that we're doing. Okay, that just sounds scary. No. So for all those people who say, I checked my sugar, and they didn't. They're going to get caught. Exactly. So now we can really monitor people. If you notice that, say, Mrs. Jones doesn't have two or three readings, we can actually make contact with her and see what's going on to see what kind of barriers that's going to be going on. Is she run out of strips? Is she forgetting to do her glucose monitor to figure out what's going on so we can really get a hold of some of the, the problems that she's in, or she, he or she's encountering with their diabetes care. So this is the same glucometer you would use under any circumstances. It looks yeah. the same. It just so happens to have this Bluetooth connection, and it links up to the cloud. Yes. So using the Bluetooth, with, and pretty much everybody nowadays has a smartphone. So taking advantage of that, that piece of equipment everybody has, having the glucose connected to that, goes to the cloud, and, and we can basically, like Big Brother, watch how their sugars are doing on a 24-7 yeah, I mean, basis. I'll be honest. I think my smartphone is smarter than me at this <laughs> point. So it would be some way that someone could be communicated. Yeah. Now, you mentioned there's going to be this 24-7 care management access to this other group, Vivante. So, you know, sometimes I think to myself, if you you have diabetes and you are not on insulin, let's just say that you're on some pills, and you go to a party and you go check your sugar, you know you're not going to get some good readings. Mm. 
So at what point or what could you do about it? I mean, I sometimes think, okay, so if my patient were to call me and say, I just went to a party, I came home, I checked my sugar, it's, you know, 300, I'm probably not going to tell them to go for a walk if it's like midnight. And hopefully they didn't call me at midnight. But if they did, you know, so when you get these high readings, what sorts of things can be done about it? So you know, part of the Vivante Clear platform, they'll have a nurse educator on the other side. So, you know, if your numbers are either the threshold is either low or high, you'll get a phone call to see what's going on. Obviously, determining what's happening. If it was I went to a party, I I overindulge a little bit. Sure. So they could do certain things like maybe drinking water, do other things to, that are non-invasive. Okay, that don't check your sugar after yeah, a party. Exactly. <laughs> I so, mean, that seems kind of obvious. I don't know why I came up with that idea. Okay. But the main thing is they want to make sure you're safe. So in, in, if your sugar is high, make sure there's, you're not having a fever infection or something that's causing you to be ill where you might need to be seen sooner than uh, as a follow-up, as, a, as an outpatient. And obviously, if it's low, they want to make sure, one, that person's okay. And if, if it is really low, make sure somebody can step in, step in to address their needs to either give them some sugar to bring them back up and to see what we can do as an outpatient as to adjusting their medicines either either way. So that's the, that's the nice part of having that care management team available 24-7. So it's using technology, no. using innovation, using those smartphones that are smarter than mm-hmm. me, and that's sort of helping us to figure out how to provide better diabetes mm-hmm. care. Yeah. Uh, Blair, what experience do folks have with systems like this elsewhere? Because it sounds like this would be the dream of good diabetes care, almost a great way to incorporate some AI, I mean, some mm-hmm. artificial intelligence into something like this that would be able to make that initial contact or sort of set up the algorithm to help people with their sugars. What experience have people had thus far? So I think the main thing, too, to also focus in on is that it's not just the um, information technology piece. That because something that we've learned here and what we know in Hawaii is that people really do like that face-to-face contact with a, a care team, which is so important to have. And, and knowing that you have that, building, being able to build that trust and knowing that a whole team is there to support you with your diabetes management, I think is so important to have that. And that's a piece that we do and we are able to provide um, for the patients coming through. So some of the things, as we know with diabetes, it, it's a challenge uh, disease state to have. There's a lot of multi-factors, just even like you had said in regards to being out at a party and, and having this like, oh gosh. And they're, they're, most of the time when they are doing their blood sugar readings, it's like, a, oh, here's a number again. And that's a main barrier to people even taking their blood sugar because it is high and they don't want to see those numbers more than anything, right? So I think, They don't want anyone else to see exactly, them <laughs> Exactly. I don't want anyone to call me up on this. And and that's the main thing that we're, we don't want to happen. And that's why it's so important to build that trusting relationship within the team that we do have. So when we see, when we're seeing these patients at the clinic and making sure that they know that we're not here to judge them, we're really here to support them through the, the journey of life. And as we know, we have these ebbs and flows throughout life. Um, So, so far, the experience has been, um, from what we hear from the participants, really wonderful. And they finally feel like they um, have been able, uh, given the opportunity to be heard, um, as well as a a way for them to monitor their blood sugars and know that they're not going to necessarily be judged on them, but that they're going to be supported with um, whatever those numbers are, and that we have a full team to be able to provide them with that assistance. So let's talk about the team. Dr. Lum, who's on the team? So part of the team, it's going to be we have a clinical pharmacist part of the team. We have a medical social worker. Uh, we have the lead provider is going to be a nurse practitioner who has an extensive diabetic education and diabetic experience. 
Uh, we're also going to bring bring people from our Ornish facility also. So we're going to take advantage of our exercise physiologists, our stress management people, as well as bringing our behavioral specialists from the Ornish program also. So providing them the support. So really taking a look at their barriers, as I mentioned before, and identifying their barriers. So part of what's going to make us, we, we think is going to be different, is that instead of having the person come to us and sort of put them in a cookie cutter, we're going to meet them halfway, identify their barriers, and really go to them and figure out how we can better support them and, what, and how we can better help them overcome their barriers that they've had as far as why they've been unsuccessful potentially why in their diabetes care in the past. So now there's pretty rigorous structured programs out there that are scheduled that are actually set up to prevent diabetes, these CDC certified mm-hmm. diabetes prevention programs. And those, you know, I know the Y has, has one of those or cohorts that they're running. There are some other facilities that do as well. That's before you get diabetes and they have some rigorous classes and education and various components that are required to be part of that. What are some of the components of the program that you're discussing where it's you already have diabetes? So prevention is kind of, well, it's a little too late to prevent it, but certainly not late to treat it. So what are some of those? Are there classes involved? Are there exercise sessions? What would it look like? So, again, we're going to tailor it to the particular person, understanding what their needs are. Um, we're going to have a couple of surveys to identify those barriers. And so if the person, obviously, there are going to be certain set classes with understanding what diabetes is. So there's a certain classes that already that programs have, what diabetes is, um, what are the consequences of diabetes. Uh, we're going to talk about nutrition. And part of the nutrition, what we'd like to do is, again, taking what we learned from Ornish is really moving in towards a plant-based diet. We're finding out plant-based diets are going to be sort of the thing moving forward as far as the best diet for um, diabetes care. Uh, we're going to have uh, the talk about the medicines that are involved in diabetes care also. And then also, um, if we have to, we can incorporate stress management. If we identify that stressor is a big one because in, we all know that stress increases your cortisol levels, which is another risk factor for diabetes. So, If how do you we... think stress is involved. <laughs> really, Dr. Lum, if. I I'm think sorry, that I should, should be a definite, definite for most excuse me. people. If they're not stressed already, they're stressed about diabetes. They're stressed about something. <laughs> Okay. So we're going to have uh, stress management courses. We're going to be able to have them if they're deficient in exercise, which most, if most people are probably deficient in exercise, uh, we can have them sit with the uh, exercise physiologist and really tailor a program to build them up over time. So really we're not looking at them as a uh, intensive therapy. We can stretch it out over time so that really, again, meeting them where they are versus putting them in a cookie-cutter type mm-hmm. of situation with us. All right, I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. You're listening to The Body Show. We're talking today with Dr. Kevin Lum and Blair Grant. They are working at Ikahi Health Center talking about their new program, WellCare, and how if you have a diagnosis of diabetes, there are some multifaceted programs and individualized approaches that might really help to help you to empower yourself to have better control. When we come back, we're going to talk some more about what the logistics are and What are some of the reasons that people should be concerned if they have diabetes and what can happen if they don't take care of it the way they really need to? We'll be right back. Stay with us. Support for The Body Show comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, whose contributors help Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk show programming. Mahalo to the St. Andrews Schools, which includes the Priory School for Girls, the Prep for Boys, and Queen Emma Preschool. 
Welcome back to The Body Show. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak, and today we're talking about Ikahi Well Care. This is a program that is being run by Dr. Kevin Lum and Blair Grant, the clinical manager, and the lead in clinical care. And we're talking about how if you have that diagnosis of diabetes or if someone you love does, there are often some challenges and difficulties that you may have in trying to get the best out of your care. And often it requires a, a very significant multifactorial approach, looking at stress management and exercise and medications. Now, sometimes, you know, Blair, I think about some of the barriers that some of the patients that I see come up with, and a lot of it has to do with the cost of medicine and copays. Mm-hmm. I mean, the cost of insulin has skyrocketed. And this is a life-saving drug for a lot of patients with diabetes. And even some of the pills that we hear about, some of the latest pills that have been shown to reduce, you know, cardiovascular illness as well as diabetes, it's a money factor. It's a cost factor. Is there anything that you know of that can be done to help people with that? I mean, I often don't hear about it until they say, well, you know, I could only fill two of my medicines this month, and I just couldn't fill that third one. Right. Yeah, so a great question. So when a participant comes through our program, um, on the initial visit, they'll be meeting with a pharmacist. And at that time, they're doing a pretty intensive uh, medication review. So any of those issues um, will hopefully come up in, in light at that time. And the pharmacist can make some recommendations to understand, you know, what are the barriers? I think those are the big things. Like, is it a costing? Is it a remembering to take it? Is it like, we'll focus in more on cost, because that was a question related to it. So understanding, okay, well, can we make any adjustments so that it is more cost effective? Um, And then reviewing that plan with the nurse practitioner as well to come up with the best best plan possible. Um, another option as well is that we do have a medical social worker on the team too. So if, you know, cost is really a big thing, um, she'd be able to hopefully help and support um, the patients to understand and, and break down, um, you know, what are these financial barriers? What does it look like? Because most of the time, you know, I think it's almost getting getting in a little bit deeper because normally what they tell you on that surface, oh, I can't afford that. Let's have a little bit more of a talk about it and understand because is it they don't want to pay for it because they don't think it's helpful for them, right? So I think there's always those a couple extra questions if, if they feel comfortable and, and that's a whole um, point of what we're trying to do here within the team is to really create this this trusting and and comfortable setting for patients so they can really share with us, you know, what are their big concerns? And we can kind of ask a little bit more of those deeper questions and spend a little bit more time with them so that we can really understand you know, what's going on so we can really address that because that's a huge barrier, especially, you know, within your Medicare population, uh, falling into the donut hole and not being able to afford uh, their medications. And that's definitely something that we will support and, and, you know, be able to help with in regards to that to um, devise a plan for them and catch that before it gets to a point where, oh, it's been, you know, two months and I haven't, haven't had the money or ran out of it and I just can't refill it at this stage. Dr. Lum, plant-based diet, you'd think that would be cheap because you're not spending all your money on meat and, and you know, chicken and fish, and yet it, it sometimes can be pretty expensive. When we talk about plant-based diet, we're not just talking salad. We're talking about a whole bunch of other sorts of food items. Do you find that people find it difficult to to pay for some of these items, to purchase them? Are they seeing that it's more expensive than they expect? Or do you know of any ways that, or have you had patients say to you, hey, you know what, this actually was cheaper than I thought? Uh, I think a lot of people's first reaction is, I don't know how to do it. 
And so what we've done is um, go to your yard to start eating. <laughs> start growing no, yourself. That's not Come the plan based diet. <laughs> you yeah, have a yard. Right. Yeah. So you know, we we do we do with our our, our dietitians who are on staff with us do break down those barriers for people. So we do teach them how to shop. Uh, we do teach them that there's a multitude of things out there beyond the salad. So we're talking about legumes, using soy, uh, using sort of um, uh, other types of meat substitutes that are out there. Um, so really showing them there's an abundance of things that they can eat. So also also relating to that they can go through. There's farmer's markets that are available. There's co-ops that are available. There's kind of mail-order things. So there's many different ways that you could break down the cost barrier, which people sometimes think it's more expensive. But then when you look at it and you break it down, it actually becomes cheaper for them to eat in a plant-based way. Uh, sometimes it's more difficult to go out and if they want to go out and eat because your choices may be a little bit limited. But when you start going about when we see from patients, when they start going about it, they find that it's easier, more enjoyable. And it also brings a group together because they're sharing different ways and different ideas. So it becomes enjoyable. It becomes easier over time. It kind of sounds like it's it's very close to what the Ornish program is doing with your plant-based diet and learning how to cook, learning how to shop, learning that nutritional component. Are there group sessions like there would be in other situations, or is this more of an individualized type program? So it's going to be both. So we're going to have individualized classes to identify, to identify their bears, but we're also the group classes too because we're understanding that with, with Ornish we learn that you put people in a group, there's bonds that are created, there's supports that are created, and also it helps address some of the social isolation. So a lot of people might be diabetic who might they might think they're, they're by themselves, although there's a whole host of people who have diabetes. They but, are not alone. But people might be shy about what their disease states. So by bringing them together with likes, they can talk about it. I think it breaks down some of their uh, insecurities about the disease and makes them a little more open to wanting to get help and also communicating with others about what's going on. So it actually pushes them in the right direction in their their care. So we'll have both uh, available to the people. Well, and I think there's nothing like hearing from somebody who's walked in those shoes exactly what it's like, you know, regardless of the medical condition. Those little tricks of the trade, those little things that I may not think about or you may not think about, that they go, oh, yeah, when my when this didn't work, this is what I did, and this is how it helped things. So I often think that that group support, that class environment mm-hmm. where you can have some sharing of different individuals really makes a big difference and helps people in the long run. So now you mentioned that there could be some medication changes. There could be some things that are done uh, with the intent to help people with their sugars and also help them with better diabetes control. So the type of individual that might come to your class would be referred from their provider, from someone like myself. I'm an internal medicine doctor, and I see patients all the time. And they could be referred from, you know, their whoever their primary care provider is, or even their endocrinologist. Anyone who's identified, they need more intensive mm-hmm. care. They would refer them. What about insurance coverage? Is this something that is going to be so costly to, to patients, or is this covered through certain nutrition and diabetes education classes? Uh, what's the logistics? How does that happen? Blair? Alrighty. So the main logistics, so like you said, um, there's actually two ways that they can um, get more information about the program. So ideally, more more than likely, they'll be referred from their physician. However, if a, a participant does reach out to us to um, enroll in the program, that's okay too, but we would always contact their physician first to make sure that it's okay and that's agreed upon and what they would like, what the physician, we, we try to, we're an extension and off of the physician. So we're not here to replace a physician by any means. Um, And then with that, so they can get referred to their individual patient or um, by provider and then come to us. In regards to costs and then coverage, so um, HMSA is one of the main um, 
insurance lines that it's going to be covering it at this stage. Um, we are in the process of getting um, the other insurance companies to um, be able to cover the program as well as your Medicare, Medicaid. But um, it's just it, not that it's not available. It's just um, it's in the limelight and it's we're, we're working on accreditation at this stage. You're working on it. It's just going to take a little time to get everything organized, I'm certain. All right. Well, I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak, and we're working on getting through some more of The Body Show, and hopefully you've stuck with us so far. And when we come back, we're going to talk some more with our folks from Hikahi Health Center, a little bit more about some of the programs and ways that people can really focus on their diabetes and take the best care possible so they can live a long, healthy life. We'll be right back. Support for The Body Show comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributors PCAT, Pacific Center for Advanced Technology Training, Moyer Financial, and Kaiser Permanente. Welcome back to The Body Show. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak, and today we're talking with Dr. Kevin Lum. He is the director of Ikahi Wellcare and the, at the Ikahi Health Center. And they, well, we also have Blair Grant, and she is the lead clinical care specialist of the team. And we're talking about Wellcare. This is a new, relatively new, diabetes management program that is trying to really help folks to take optimal care of their sugars. And at the top of the show, we talked a little bit about using innovation and technology to help people with their longitudinal diabetes care and how this is something that can really help transform their diabetes experience because it's not just one disease. Often diabetes is goes correlating with high blood pressure, high cholesterol, or even just that particular illness can increase your risk of having some pretty serious complications. What are some of those complications, Dr. Lum? What do you see... In your experience, and, and certainly in my experience as well, for some of the folks who don't necessarily manage their diabetes as well as they could. Uh, one thing, diabetes almost touches almost every organ system. So you're looking at the big one that most people hear about is uh, renal disease, uh, people who end up going on dialysis secondary to uh, renal failure from their diabetes. Other one would be, as you mentioned, cardiovascular disease, another big risk factor for cardiovascular disease. So we want to prevent them from having the heart attacks and such down the line. Another one we always worry about is, and we do foot exams, is going to be um, uh, neuropathy. So having people not be able to feel what's going on in their feet so they're getting injuries and such that fester into bigger complications, which lead to, unfortunately, amputations of limbs could be feet legs or hands or vice versa. And the other big one we always worry about is um, their eyes, that people go blind from diabetic retinopathy. So these are the, some of the things we'd like to address, and hopefully the goal would be preventing people from having these end organ damages. So part of what we'll do at our clinic, we'll provide these services where we can actually, instead of the patient having to go to multiple clinics, we can do all of this in our one clinic. So you'd come in one day, and we could do your diabetic retina, uh, retina scan to make sure you don't have retinopathy. Or if you do, we can make the appropriate referral to the ophthalmologist. Uh, we can do the foot exam to make sure your sensation is intact in, your, in both your feet to make sure you're not having any problems. Also, to make sure there's no hidden ulcers or something that's beginning to start there, which could lead to a complication. Uh, also, we're doing lab tests also there. So we can do your hemoglobin A1C, which is measuring your how you've been managing your sugars for the past three months. Uh, we can do your cholesterol also to see how you're doing with that. And we also should see how your renal disease, your renal function is doing with uh, a microalbumin test also. So we can look at those things to see where you're at and uh, at that point taking the appropriate care or actually making the referrals as need be to a nephrologist or whoever it may be to help you uh, to, again, to stem the tide of your, uh, the, the disease at that point or the best we can. 
Well, and it sounds like that one-stop shop kind of experience is what people are looking for, just out of convenience, just because it's hard to go to five different places in different situations or different days and get everything coordinated. So certainly it's great to have everything localized in one place. Now, we talked a little bit about the, you mentioned exercise physiologists may become involved, and there's also going to be some other sorts of stress management or other individualized program components. With other programs, sometimes they say, let's go do some group exercise together, everybody, let's go do an activity. Is it going to be similar or is there going to be some training? Because a lot of folks with diabetes sometimes say, "How? what should I eat before I exercise? What should I do during meals? What do I do after recovery? You know, I worked really hard to get my sugar down. I don't want to put more in, but there is some recovery element that's mm-hmm. needed. Mm-hmm. So what kind of exercise training is going to be available? Great. So we have our um, exercise physiologist who um, is creating the full exercise um, curriculum for that. So the, really the main purpose and, and base of what these classes will focus around is exactly what you had said. So really getting into the nitty gritty of it and letting them and again, working with the individuals, whether it be an individual or within the group setting, because most likely everyone's going to have a, a very similar question around to the uh, around the exercise piece with their sugars either being too high or too low and what's safe more than anything. So having those classes focused around one, just making sure that they're going to be safe more than anything, because I think that's sometimes a fear for people. And that can lead them to not exercising because maybe they had a hypoglycemic episode. And then kind of almost a more scarier one is their blood sugars are too high and not even knowing it and then exercising and making it almost worse in that sense. So um, that's going to be a main focus of one of um, our classes is, number one, making sure that the safety of it more than anything. And then from there, it's going to be really working with the individuals to understand, you know, creating um, the best plan for them, too, because exercise is going to be individualized in a sense where it just depends on what other physical elements, have they exercised previously, have they not, um, and again, making it a safe transition for them to get into an exercise plan that's going to be appropriate, where they're going to hopefully enjoy it, which is important, as well as be able to make it more of a a maintainable program where they're going to be safe and know um, how to respond appropriately depending on what their blood sugar levels are. So making it realistic, something that they can continue to do, correct? have the longevity of this activity, but then also feel safe when they're doing it. Because mm-hmm. you're right, if you've ever had a hypoglycemic event, that, that can kind of scare you mm-hmm. and make you not want to go push it to your fullest extent that you could because mm-hmm. you're, you're fearful of that. Mm-hmm. And so that exercise component certainly is helpful for people to be able to ask those questions and know what to do and how to respond to that. Mm-hmm. So... It certainly sounds like there's going to be several different facets of this program, individualized training based on what the particular person states their needs are, but then also adding some of this group knowledge and group classes, and then the technology piece that goes along with checking sugars and having some immediate feedback. Have people come through the program so far? Is this just getting started, getting up and running? We're up and going, and so we've had 12 people come through the program so far, so Feedback's been good. They're excited. I think they're intrigued with the um, the technology piece of having someone looking, maybe not so over their shoulder, but having that close monitoring. They're they're looking forward to it. Uh, and also, I think with when we get the classes going, the individualized care, they're appreciating it also. So, but as Blair had mentioned before, the big thing there, there the feedback has been they're being appreciated. They're being listened to. They're being heard for sometimes, I want to say the first time, but they're really having that opportunity to speak and to be heard so that people can understand what's going on with them. And so hopefully we can really get to their 
their, their barriers, that deep down barriers that maybe has been holding them back from being effective in their care in the past. Well, and that's certainly true because you have 10 or 15 minutes with your doc exactly. at most, mm-hmm. and it's hard to really do comprehensive education at that time and then mm-hmm. told to come back and those sorts of things. Are you, do you have any information on whether or not A1Cs have improved? Are you seeing improvements in sugars thus far? We're still pretty early in our patient population, so I think it's only been a couple of weeks. So we haven't we just started to have them people come back. So I'm not we haven't just looked at the data yet. So even with the hemoglobin A one C, be a little too early to look at. Um, so we don't quite have that data yet. But they're actually noticing improvements in their sugars. Yes. Well, that's the goal: is to really figure out ways to take optimal care of people with diabetes, this chronic illness that really needs constant management, but. Once you get started, it really can be easier. And it sounds like you have a great team of professionals that are just waiting to help folks to really help them improve their health long term. I want to thank both of you for coming on the show today and sharing a little bit more about it. Thank you. Dr. Kevin Lum and Blair Grant are from Ikahi Health Center, and they were here today talking about well care, the diabetes prevent, actually the diabetes treatment program that has really been helping to coordinate in one stop people getting all the different areas and facets of diabetes care taken care of. I want to thank both of you for coming on today. If you'd like to hear the show again, you can click on Hawaii Public Radio and follow the links to The Body Show. You can also find us on the HPR app. Our engineer is David Chong. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. We'll see you next week when we talk more about health topics right here on The Body Show. See you then. Woo!